So life hacks. What is a life hack? A life hack is something that you don't think about that you can use in a different way to, to make life easier. Um, and God has given us resources and things that sometimes uh, we don't see as important or we don't see as, as useful or things that, that we don't think about that it's more than just doing these things, but they make life easier. Uh, they make life better. Um, and so we've been looking at a book in the Bible that, that has given us these practical principles. And that's what they are. They're principles uh, that we can apply in our life um, that uh, they're not just do's and don'ts. They're not just uh, uh, things you need to do, but they truly make life better better um, and, and increase uh, uh, the efficiency and purpose and joy of life. And, and so we're looking in the book of Proverbs and uh, we might say, why, why do we need these things? Why do we need to uh, uh, begin to apply them to our life? Well, we've been looking at this, this uh, uh, command in Ephesians. In Ephesians chapter 5, it, it tells us, Look carefully how you walk, and, and how you walk is, is basically how you're living. Uh, look at how you're living, not as unwise, but as wise. It says, stop and look at how you're living. You need to live wise and not foolishly, not as unwise. The reason is we need to make the best use of the time because the days are evil. We live in evil days. We, uh, no, there's no doubt about that. We look around us and we see all that's going on. Uh, we see the turmoil around the world and we see it in our own nation. We see it in, in our own communities. And so what God is telling us, you live in these times, then be wise about how you live. You need to begin to not just live your life and whatever happens, happens and go your way. Because when you do that, there's things that, will happen to you that God says, I don't want you to have to go through. You don't have to go through uh, some of the heartache uh, and the confusion and the anxiety that life will bring you. There are some practical things that I've given you that you can live wisely. And those things uh, are found uh, in the book of Proverbs. And uh, so as we've been going through the book of Proverbs, we've been looking at these principles and principles are not rules that you have to follow, but they are, they are uh, uh, principles that show us consequences that, that when we take this action, it will bring these consequences. And so, therefore, we can put these into effect, and it begins to uh, uh, take effect in our life. The first one we looked at uh, was uh, the, the foundation, which is to fear God. When we begin to live our life in the fear of God, and it's not a trembling uh, 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 fear of, of looking over our shoulder for God's lightning to strike us at any time, it is a fear of God that is a deep reverence, it is a deep awe, and yes, there is a, a, a uh, portion of that where, where we do understand that God holds our life in his hand, and so there is a fear of judgment, but because of that, knowing that he loves us, the fear of God causes us to make better choices. 
when we begin to live in the fear of God, it molds our choices towards wisdom. And so it says that the fear of God is the beginning of all wisdom. Uh, if you make a choice out of the fear of God, I'm telling you, it will be a wiser choice than if we make the fear a, a choice out of the fear of man. Many times we make choices because we're afraid of what other people will think of us. We're afraid of what uh, we might lose in this life. That fear leads us to unwise choices. Whereas if we will replace that with the fear of God and thinking about what he thinks of us, what he will do to us, we will make much wiser choices. Uh, last week, we looked at the next principle, which is we need to speak life. We need to take control of the words that we speak. They're not just words. Uh, they're not just forms of communication, but our speech begins to direct the path of our life, um, that we can actually speak death into uh, uh, the, the relationships within our life, we can speak death, which don't just hurt others, but it comes back and destroys us. And so we've looked at, at how do we speak life into other people, how we speak life through gentleness, how we speak life through encouragement, how we speak life um, sometimes through silence. Sometimes the best speech you can make is keeping your mouth shut. How many know we've learned that sometimes? And so there's wisdom, and it makes life better. When you control your tongue, it just makes life better. It makes it easier. We don't have to clean up all of our messes all the time because once it's out there, you can't take it back. We're going to look at the next one today, and it has to do with what we do with our life. We're going to look today at this principle of working holy, that we need to work Holy. I know a lot of times we talk about working hard, um, working diligently, but I want to talk today about working holy. Um, and, and it has to do uh, with uh, hard work and a good work ethic. Um, and Proverbs has a lot to say uh, about that. And, and um, of, of course, the first thing when we think about working, um, uh, working is good. In fact, we were created to work. Work was never meant to be a drudgery. Oh, I hate to work. We were created uh, to, to be people that, that, that uh, uh, were creative, uh, that uh, uh, were able to, to do things with our hands and make things better by our effort. That's what work is. Work is, is not meant to just be uh, something repetitive that has no meaning in life. Uh, but we are to work in a way that creates wholeness. Um, uh, and of course, uh, as we go through Proverbs, we're going to look at uh, four principles of how do we work um, and how do we make our work holy? How do we make it something that is part of who we are? Um, first thing I want to say before we get into it is when I talk about work, um, it's not just our job, okay? Work has to do with our life. What do we work at in our life? Many of us are, uh, not us because it's not me, uh, are retired. Many of you are retired and yet you still have lots of work in front of you because life is about what we make of it. So work is not necessarily a job that you go to and punch a clock, but work is fulfilling your purpose in life. So even if you're retired, uh, even if uh, you're on disability or even if you're not able to do that, you know what? God has a job for you. We work at being a friend. 
Do you know you have the work of being a friend? You have the work of being a neighbor. You have the work of, of developing yourself. God has put that, put that, that purpose in front of you. And so what are we working at? Um, uh, we have the work of being a parent. We have the work of being a grandparent. Here's the biggest one. We have the work of being a brother and sister in Christ. There is work to be done whether we're retired or not. In fact, we're never retired. You've just stopped working for a, a paycheck. Uh, but there is work to be done. We were created for work. Uh, we are working for the kingdom of God. And so therefore, when, I, when we talk about work in general, it applies to everyone. Um, the question is, you need to just begin to say, what can I work at? You know, you might say, I can't work at anything. I don't even have, you know, a lot to, able to do things physically. It's not always physical. You know what? You can work uh, through encouragement, through so many different ways. Uh, we all have the ability to work at something. And like I said, even if it's working at your spiritual relationship with God, then work at your own personal growth. So let's work and make that holy. Um, so with that in mind... The first principle, and this is, uh, of course, the obvious one that we all think about, um, uh, to make life better, how do we work? The first one, don't be lazy. Obvious, right? And we know the Bible has a lot to say about that. Um, don't be lazy. You want life to be better? You want your life uh, to work out? Don't be lazy. Just stop being lazy. Um, and of course, when we think about this, um, we think about the, the 30-year-old still living in the third bedroom at home, sitting there playing video games, not doing anything, right? That's lazy. Uh, don't be that person. Now we're looking at the young people. Don't become that person. Uh, don't be lazy. Um, you, you can look online. I, I love this, uh, some of these things that you can find the laziest things that people do. And uh, a couple of them that I saw online is one person put in there, uh, uh, what, do you, what do you do when you're really lazy? He said, well, after I eat, I just kind of push my plate under the couch and hope someone else can find it and put it away. That's pretty lazy. Yeah, don't, don't use that as inspiration, all the wives say. Um, Although I've seen some ladies also. Um, but uh, here, here, here's, I love this one. Uh, this, is, this was their uh, uh, actual thing that they did. And it's just lazy. Uh, got to the end of the week. Um, he had Amazon Prime. And so he went online and ordered a whole new package of underwear because he was too lazy to do the wash and he was at the end of his thing. Got it in two days, overnight. <laughs> Didn't have to do laundry. Um, that's lazy. Don't be that lazy that you can't do laundry, that you, you actually uh, buy underwear to be delivered so that you don't have to do the wash. And yet, we laugh at that, but yet people are lazy. I mean, we, we've, we've been at places. You've seen laziness. Uh, you've worked with people. How many have we worked with people that are lazy? And it's kind of like, you know what, uh, you're, you're in an office and you're working hard to do this and, and you're both getting a paycheck, but 
the other person is just sitting at the next, next, the next desk over and it's like, do you ever even do anything? How, how are you uh, getting the same paycheck as me and yet I sure don't see it? It, it tempts us. Matt, why am I doing anything, right? Now, of course, if you're not lazy, you can't do that because I can't just do that, you know, but yet if you're lazy, um, you can begin to justify, right? You justify things. Why work hard, you know, if, if I'm still going to get paid and, and nothing's going to happen and there's no consequences? Well, there's always a consequence. And there's always a, a, a outcome of that person. So even when you see that person... It may look, and the Bible says it may look like things are not fair at the moment, but it says that at the end of the day, there is a consequence that they will face. Um, When we are lazy, um, it produces consequences. Look what it says in Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 24, verse 33, it says, A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. See, it doesn't sound bad. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm just taking a little time off. I, you know, I don't need to always work, um, which is true, and we're going to talk about that. But it says, what happens? And poverty will come upon you like a robber and want like an armed man. You see, laziness may not hurt you at first, but sooner or later, that attitude, that if you develop that character, your life is going to be one that experiences want and poverty. Um, it will never pay off. Um, uh, we need to understand that, that uh, laziness uh, does have consequences. Um, it says in Proverbs 21, 25, it says, the desire of the sluggard kills him, for his hands refuse to labor. So here he says that, that when we refuse to work hard, when we don't understand the, the benefit of working hard, eventually it kills you. Um, it, it kills. Now, it doesn't always kill us physically, although it does. We do know that, that laziness, this is why we have a, a nation and a world of diseased people because of laziness. When we don't work, when we don't move, um, the diseases um, that come upon us, uh, not all of them, but there are many of them that are self-inflicted uh, because we have not uh, become healthy, have kept moving and, and um, uh, worked hard. You, you think of back in the day... Uh, we love that term, back in the day. Um, uh, you know, when there were not conveniences, when you had to get up when the sun came up to even have your food. Um, work was not just for a paycheck, but it was to survive. Um, you know what? There were still sicknesses, but there were not the diverse complications and tons that we see today because people worked, because there was, there was physical things. So it, even physically, it kills us. But even more so, it kills us relationships. Because I'm telling you, when you're lazy, it kills your relationships. It, it kills your mind. It, it, it kills your imagination. You might say that, man, I have more imagination because I'm spending time just thinking and dreaming. And yet they have proven that the more time is, is just in, in uh, rest and, and in non-productive activity, 
The mind does not grow more creative, but it actually shrinks. Just like your muscles shrink, the mind shrinks. And so Proverbs, written way back then, has the truth of the matter, is that for the sluggard that refuses to work, you're going to die. Uh, just like God told Adam and Eve, when you do this, you will surely die. And I know the world, you're not going to die. And your friends say, don't listen to them. You'll be fine. It's a lie. And it doesn't happen right away. That's why it deceives us. Um, and it becomes something that we do not recognize. Um, but it kills us. But not only us. Look at this. When we are lazy... It says in Proverbs chapter 10, verse 26, like vinegar to the teeth and smoke to the eyes, so is the sluggard to those who send him. In other words, those around him, uh, those around us that are looking to us, uh, or and it's not just your boss, of course, to your boss and for anyone else, but anyone that depends on you, anyone that you are associated to, your laziness becomes like vinegar in the mouth and smoke in the eyes. In other words, you become a pain to people. You affect others. Your hard work is not just my own choice. I'll just live my own life. Who do you care if I destroy my life? Here's why I care. Because it's not just yours. You affect people who love you. And whether you want to not worry about that, people do love you. And it hurts them. And that hurt is real. Um, we need to understand that what we do affects others around us. And so we need to work in a holy fashion um, that it is a blessing to others. You make a difference in this world. Many times you not, may not even know the person, but your work, your effort, um, what you have to offer in this life is, might be the thing that makes a difference for someone else. And it may be someone that you don't even know. And so we are called out of laziness. Um, I want to say this. Of course, when we think of lazy, um, this is the most obvious thing that we've, we think about what we've been talking about, actual work. But I want to also give you a different picture of lazy. When we say don't be lazy, it's not just about how hard you work. This is why I say it's, it's about working holy. Laziness is not just someone who refuses to work, but, but it is a person who refuses to do the work they should do. Laziness is doing what you want to do rather than doing what you should do. Now, I'm going to put it this way, and this is going to hit home to all of us, because there are some people that are hard workers, but they're selfish workers. They're working hard at what they want to do. They're working hard at a job because it's my money, it's my paycheck, and yet you're lazy because you're not doing what you ought to do. You're not doing things that have an eternal consequence. And you know what? That's laziness because you're too lazy. You don't want to do those things. You see, we need to understand laziness is not just the amount of effort but it's the direction of the effort. Many of us, God has showed, showed us things that we need to do. And we're like, nah, well, that's just not a big deal. I'm working hard for you, God, over here. You know what that is? That's laziness. It's a refusal to hear what God has called you to do. 
But God, I don't want to, and here's our response. I don't want to do that. Look what I'm doing over here. Isn't that laziness? When you tell someone to do something, isn't that what they say? I don't want, look, I'm doing this over here. I'm too busy at this. Not doing what you know is right is just as lazy as just sitting around doing nothing. Ouch. That's all of us. How are we treating others? How are we working at our marriage? How are we working at our home? How are we working in our church? But I work hard at work. I don't have time for church. You lazy person. That's what God is saying. Because there is something that has eternal, that paycheck is not going to last forever. You're going to die and no one is going to care what you, how much money you made or what you've done. But you are too lazy to put effort into things that will last for eternity. Wow, see, that's not a 30-year-old kid. That's not a teenager not doing anything. You know what that is? That's a 60-year-old adult who is going through life doing what they want and actually justifying and proud of themselves as being a hard worker, and yet they're letting things go that God has called us to do. Are we lazy in those ways? Don't be lazy. See, work holy. Don't work harder. Work holy. Work in ways that are going to make a difference. Now, that does not mean you quit your job because that's part of your job. When you're at your job, maybe you're doing your job hard, but you're not caring about your coworker. That's lazy. Just because you got your job done, but you did not see that someone working with you was hurting and you never made a difference. You know what? I don't want to get involved in their life. And you know what? It's not my place You know what that is? That's laziness. It's just laziness because God has put you there. God has made you a light in the darkness and we're just sitting under a bushel. He says, don't be lazy. Will it be hard work? Yes, sometimes that's harder work. I would just rather do the manual work. That's easier. What you call hard work sometimes is, is an escape because it's easier for some of us to do that than to do what God's really asked us to do. In fact, I, I think it was Thomas Edison who made this quote that many people miss a great opportunity in life because when it comes to them, it's dressed in a work coat and it looks like hard work. Many of us have missed opportunities because when it came, it looked like it would be too much hard work for us. And so therefore we said no. So don't be lazy. And here's the problem. To not be lazy means you got to open your eyes. Proverbs chapter 26, verse 16, he says, isn't this true? The sluggard is wiser in his own eyes than seven men who can answer sensibly. Here's the other thing about not being lazy. You need to stop thinking that you know it all. You know what it's lazy? To tell people, no, I'm not, don't tell me what to do. You lazy person. You need to be able to see that you don't have all the answers. But a lazy person, oh, man, you ask them, they think they're, they're wiser than anyone else. I'm, look what I'm doing. I'm doing the, we need to be, we need to be able to do the hard work of growing, of listening, uh, of, of taking advice. That's hard work. When we don't want to hear from other people, when we want other people to tell us what to do, you know what that is? It's lazy. It is thinking that we know it all. So the very first and main principle 
that will make your life better. And it will make it easier. You might say, that doesn't make it easier. That means, man, my life is just going to be a lot harder now. Great, pastor. You've just made my life harder. No, I haven't. Believe me. Hard work will make you more content. You will actually have more enjoyment from it. Life will be better when you work hard and when you do what you should do and when you grow from others. It is the best thing you can do. But what's the second thing? And here is the other side. And I just want to take a moment to say this because many times we, we hear that word and we respond to the other extreme. But here's the other principle. Work is good, but not God. Work is good, it's not God. Work cannot become your God. Now, for some of us, working hard, not being lazy, oh, that's not a problem. Even doing what you ought to do. Maybe we even do good things. That's great, but understand that in this principle, it is not meant to become the center of your life. Yes, don't be lazy, work hard, but understand that working hard is not God. Working hard is not the center of who you are. Work and what you do and what you accomplish is never meant to be your identity. And yet so many of us, we identify ourselves by what we do. I'm a mother and I'm doing, even if I'm a, I'm a stay-at-home mom, uh, you know what, I stay home and I make this and that becomes our identity. You, you know, I'm glad you work hard on it. We need good working uh, stay-at-home moms. We need people in every area Doctors, dentists, teachers, janitors. But that's not who you are. It's not going to go on your gravestone, you know, uh, uh, born a baby, died a doctor. That's not who you are. Who you are is a child of God. You are uh, a person used by God, you are a key person building the kingdom of God. Who you are is not what you do. Who you are is, is in that relationship with God. So understand that, yes, we are called to work, but work is not our God. Work is only one form of experiencing our relationship with God. But God is still the focus. If we begin to put all our focus on working hard and we feel good about how hard we've worked and yet you don't have a relationship with God, you're a sad person. I mean, I'm glad you work hard. You're not lazy. But when it's all said and done, it's only our relationship with God that matters. Now, it's hard to have a relationship when we don't work, but the relationship is still what matters. Look what Solomon says. Now, Solomon is the one that wrote Proverbs, and so we've been looking at Proverbs, um, but this is uh, an extension of it. So some of the Proverbs are actually another book. This is a psalm that was written by Solomon who wrote the Proverbs. In Psalm 127, he says this, a song of ascents of Solomon, unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. You can work hard. You can build a house, but... If God wasn't in it, you're doing it in vain. 
Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil. For he gives to his people beloved sleep. You know what he's saying? He's saying working hard all your life and yet not seeking God is vain. Everything's vain. That's it. It's useless. It's going to be blown away with the wind. So just as much as I'm telling you not to be lazy, I'm telling you don't make work your identity. Understand that, yes, we work hard, but it is my love of God. If I'm going to work holy, I'm going to let that not be the thing that controls me. Because you can become a workaholic. You can find your identity in work and you can lose everything else. Understand that work is a blessing. Work is a gift. But don't get so caught up in the gift that you forget the giver. Stay in that relationship that as you work, there is a connection to God. Love God more than you love what you do. Um, And that's in every area of our life. So don't be lazy, but don't get so focused on work either. These are the two extremes that we, we either worship rest or we worship hard work. You're not to worship either one. We are to work holy with our eyes on God. So here's the third one. If we are not being lazy and if we're not making our work God, this is what we need to do. We need to work at excellence. That seems, well, if we're not supposed to make work our, our God, then, then why should we make it excellent? Here's the thing. Just because it's not our God, that's why we should work excellent. You see, because work is not my job, then work becomes a way for me to represent who I really love. And if I really love God, then I'm going to do my best at work. Not just work hard, but work excellent. There's a difference. Some of us work hard, but you know what? You don't give it your all. You're working hard, but you cut corners and you just you get it done. But are you getting it done with excellence? Look at what Proverbs says, Proverbs 6, verse 6. It says, look at the ant. Look at the ant. Consider his ways and be wise. Without having any chief officer or ruler, she prepares her bread in summer and gathers her food in harvest. He's saying, look at ants. They don't have someone sitting over them looking at them, and yet they work excellent. Why? Because it is their purpose. They find purpose in this. We harvest. We bring it back for, for the, the community. Um, the biggest thing, the reason they are able to work excellent is because it's not their own identity. It is, it is a contribution to the kingdom. You see, if we only work hard when someone's looking over us, um, if we only do our best for them, we have missed the point. God says, work excellent. Be like the ant and do it your best. Make it good. Um, Have pride in what you accomplish. Uh, And again, it's whatever you find your hands to do because God did not make you to be a second-hand person. You know what? You are a work of God. You are a masterpiece of God. So whatever you do, do it in a way that shows excellence. 
In fact, Colossians, we know the verse, uh, chapter 3, verse 17, says, Whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. You see, whatever you're working at, you're not working for your boss. You're not working for a paycheck. You're working for the one who loves you, who gave his life for you. And so therefore it says you should work in a way to make him honor, to make him proud. I want to do my best, not because someone else is looking at me, but because God has created me, that God has given me a sense of, of hope and life. So how can I not do my best for him? Because whatever you do, you're doing it for God. He's the one that, that is, is looking over you, waiting to say, well done, my son, my daughter. That's what I made you for. I didn't make you to just be a waste on society. So therefore, work with excellence because God is the one that we are reflecting. And it's not only for God, but we are reflecting him to others. When others see what we do, do they see, man, that's a person who loves God and I sure wouldn't want them working on my car. And yet they're supposed to be a a Christian. What a poor reflection on God. How can we not show the rest of the world, my God is so great, let me show you in how I work and how I do what I do to be a reflection on God. Now, it's not that we are perfect or we're going to do everything right, but you know what? It is in our excellence that we reflect God, our love for God. And so, therefore, we are called to work excellent. And that brings us to the last thing. If we are working excellent, our work to be holy is to be for and from worship. We work as worship. Our work is not just for money. It is not just to accomplish things. It's not just to take care of our family. If that's the case, then we have just regrets to leave because pretty soon our family's gonna be gone and everything we did is gonna be forgotten. We need to understand that I work and I do these things as worship to God. It says in, in Romans, Paul says, I appeal to you, brothers, by the mercies of God, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable God, which is your spiritual worship. He's saying, please, whatever you do, give yourself to God as worship. Because whatever you do, it is a reflection of your worship for God. Do you love God? Then work as worship. Worship is not just coming in here and singing songs. That's not where worship ends. You know where your greatest worship? Your greatest worship is when you go to school and you sit in that class and you study and you take a test. And you don't have to get an A, but your effort and doing your best is saying, God, I'm doing this because I love God, not because anything that it's going to have in my life. Not because, because of this I'm going to be able to get a job or I'm going to get, be able to go to college. What we do and what we work at is because we worship God. And then God will take care of all the rest. Adults, same thing. When we go to work, when we go home, whatever we do in our neighborhood, it is not because other people, it is as worship to God. It's our, that is our spiritual worship, is what we do. You see, that's from the very beginning. That's what we were created for. He put Adam and Eve, when he created, he said, here's, 
Here's what we're going to do. Take care of everything I did. Work at it. Dominate it. And enjoy life. See, the very purpose of our being was to work this world that God had made and given to us. And in so doing, we worship God and we enter into a relationship with God through our work. Many times we don't see our work that way and yet your work is the greatest worship when you work holy, when you work for worship. But not just for worship, but we work from worship. What does that mean? What does it mean to work from worship? It says in Ephesians chapter two, it says, for we are his workmanship. We are created in Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. You see, not, work is not just something we choose to do. I'm gonna work to worship you, God. Look at what I've done. I'm working and I'm worshiping you in work. He says, it's not just for him, but it is from him. God created you. God gave you blessings. God loved you. He died on the cross. He renewed you. He gave you a new life so that out of that, what he has done for you, the natural responses work. So it is as God has created worship in us that it is because of worship that we work out of that. So we don't just work as worship, but we work out of worship. That our worship has created a heart that wants to work for God that wants to work for our family, that wants to work for our church. It is when we are created from worship that that person is the best worker because they realize that I was created for good works, that God has prepared for me, that everything I do, this job was not given to me by the state. This job was not given to me by the school district. This job was given to me by God. And therefore, I'm gonna enter into what God has created for me. Do we see that as something that God has given so that from worship, we begin to live our life in him? As we finish, I want to just bring all of this back to one other thing. As we've been talking about work, I, wanna, I, I mentioned that work is not just... Um, uh, at the job, it's at the home, all those other things. But I want to talk about something else that we need to work at. We need to work at our spiritual relationship with God. And it's the same principles. Because I don't want you to, to, to go out and be great workers in this world and then not miss that we are called to work at our, at our relationship with God. How many know that a relationship takes work? It is hard work. So here's the first thing. Don't be lazy. In your relationship with God, don't be lazy. It takes work. You need to stop making excuses why you can't do it. If you're gonna have a relationship with God, don't be lazy. We need to be in our word. We need to be in prayer. We need to be in church. These things are not just little uh, routines that we have in life. These things are working at our relationship with God. Don't be lazy with it. Understand that. The other thing is, Understand that, that our work at our, at our spiritual growth is not God. It's not about being religious. It's not about saying, oh, I go to church and so I'm okay. Just because you do religious things, understand that that, that does not mean your relationship with God is going to be perfect. So it's not what you do for God. It is seeking God with you at what you do. 
So understand, don't, don't just make religion and religious activity, even though you work hard at it, just because you read your Bible every day religiously, that doesn't mean you have a great relationship. You need to seek God himself. And then, of course, be excellent at it. Seek excellent. Don't just, don't just grow your spiritual disciplines. Okay, I'm doing this. I have to pray every day. No, pray the best you can. Study the Bible the best you can. When you come to church, are you giving the best you can for the body of Christ? Do it excellent. Don't just do it half-hearted. And then finally, everything you do is for and from worship. We need to begin to understand that God is the one that gives life to each one of us in a unique way that is precious. The greatest example I think of is Mary and Martha. Martha was working hard, working hard for Jesus. I'm doing this, Jesus. I'm doing it for you. Would you tell my sister to get up her, our rear end and come help me do this? Can't you see what I'm doing? And yet what was Mary doing? Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening to him, not wanting to leave him. And Jesus said, everything you're doing, Mary, is good. I mean, Martha. Because yes, you do need to work. You do need to do these things. But, but Mary has understood that now is the time for me and her and she has chosen the good thing. It is worship in all that we do that makes a difference. And if we are gonna grow in God, we need to have a desire to sit and know him. When we desire to know him, then all of our work falls into place. Then everything you do will give you a new identity, not as carpenter, janitor, teacher, but you know what your identity will be? Child of God. Inheritor of life. The one who reigns with him in days to come. But let's work holy. You want a better life? Let's work. Let's be workers of God in this life and find the joy of what life is meant to be. Let's bow our heads.